Did you hear what my grandfather said before he kicked the bucket? He said, watch me kick the bucket. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and we're continuing our series on spring from COVID. And our guest this week, well, it's his mission to provide better banking for visionaries like you. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is AJ Anton Giovanni, the president of Mission Bank. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Hey, it's great to be here. And for visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? I'm the president and CEO of Mission Bank, uh, born and raised in Bakersfield. My family's been in agriculture. Um, I should have been a farmer, but banking became my career. <laughs> sure. I came to Mission Bank um, after going to school and working up in the Bay Area for a few years. So I came to Mission Bank about 18 years ago, been the president and CEO for uh, the last 10 years. Um, and we're, we're focused on helping small and medium-sized businesses in our markets be super successful. I have been waiting for an interview like this for quite some time. And the reason is, is, as many of you visioneers know, we get a lot of questions, a lot of requests from visioneers just like you who reach out to us on social media. And money and banking is a very important part of doing business. And so we're gonna be covering a whole variety of different things, including credit, and how to separate credit from you and your business, if that's even possible, and a variety of important things like that. But to give some context to why we're here with AJ and Mission Bank, first of all, I have to admit, I made a bonehead mistake. I made the assumption. Uh, that's rare, right? <laughs> But I made the assumption that you, as president, didn't have any ownership stock or, or any ownership interest in Mission Bank. I was wrong. Uh, yes, I own a, a small percentage of the stock. We're a company or a public company, so mm -hmm. you could be an owner too. Sure. Uh, you can go to your local broker and put an order and buy our stock, but there's probably three to 500 individual shareholders ranging from a few hundred shares to you know several thousands or in the hundred thousand shares. Right. Um, and I, over the years, have bought some uh, stock with, with my own personal investment, um, and then it's part of our compensation program to get some stock awards. So yes, I am a small owner in Mission Bank. <laughs> but you're putting your money where your mouth is. That's correct. Which is what's vitally important because that's something every business owner does every day. Yeah, and I, and I view it as a business owner. I know I don't own 100% of the company, but um, I behave as if I owned 100% of the company, and we actually asked all of our team members to make decisions that way. Mm. Make the decision as if you were owned 100% of the company. Um, and so we view it that way, and then as you said, I put my money where my mouth is, so um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be uh, enjoying the success or the opposite of that. One of the other challenges, or one of the other mistakes, assumptions that people make is that 
this is a family-owned business and that you're the fourth or fifth generation owner. Yeah, no, I'm fourth or fifth generation farmer, although I can't even I can't even grow a tomato in my backyard. So, but you can finance uh, the but tomato. I can finance the tomato farmer. Um, yeah, it was founded uh, about 21 years ago, 22 years ago now, by a group of local businessmen, and it's a very pretty diverse shareholder base. And I I started here, like I said, about 18 years ago, um, entry level as a credit analyst. And one of the other things that's so unique about Mission Bank and defines the culture is your renegade origins. Uh, this is true. <laughs> uh, and I, I like that description. In one word, I think that encompasses or really gives a vivid picture of the founders. And, and they are renegades. Um, and they started a bank to do something different in our community because they saw a need. What need was that? They weren't satisfied with the, uh, the options that they had as business owners. Mm -hmm. To go in and do their personal banking, to get loans, to build their businesses, whether it's equipment or lines of credit or real estate, all the things that we do now. Um, and they saw a different way of doing it. And it was more from a renegade, a cowboy, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it wasn't uh, uh, tied up in all the bureaucracies. We're a bank, we're heavily regulated. Sure. We have to follow the rules, but we feel like we do a, uh, as good a job as anybody as finding a way to make it as easy as possible for the customer, the business owner, typically for us, that's what we're focused on, mm -hmm. um, and still get it done within uh, the laws of banking, the regulatory environment, and, and that spirit um, is very much a renegade spirit, so I agree with that. How does that renegade spirit translate to the business owner? Well, I'll give you an example. So if you come in and talk to one of our relationship managers and you say, I want to go out and I want to expand my business and I want to buy a piece of real estate, they're trained to understand your business. They're going to get to know you. They're going to become what we would call a financial advisor. Mm. So similar to where uh, a good business owner, I would recommend has a good CPA and a good lawyer. Right we think you should have a good banker. Right. Not just a bank that you go in, ask a question, fill out a form, get a yes or no on an application. And so when we become that advisor, when we get to know you, then we sometimes can recommend things that you're not thinking about. Mm. Um, and we can give you a very quick answer. Typically, if we have your information, if you're a legacy customer and we already have your information, or if you're a new one, you give it to us, we'll give you an answer within a couple business days. Really? It may be no, but it'll be a quick no, right. or it would be yes, but structured this way, um, or yes, we're, we're excited and we're ready to make this loan. Um, but we'll do that within just a few days and you won't get lost in the bureaucracy of some of the other banks and then it can take not just days but weeks and then you're not sure. And as a business owner myself, that certainty is super important, especially when it comes to money because you're buying a building. Right. Right. There's competition. Somebody else might buy it. You have an escrow. You put a deposit down. You don't want to lose your deposit. So getting an answer that you can rely on quickly is very important. And if we're the advisor, part of what we're trying to do is say, look, our business owners started a business that they're really good at. They make something, they grow a crop, whatever they do, they have an expertise in something that's really special that they're passionate about. They could also be good at finance, but they don't have to be, right? Right, And that's what we tell people, focus on what you're good at, get a team around you, a CPA lawyer and a banker, and let us be your team and advise you on that financial part, which is very critical, especially if you're growing, um, but allows them to focus on the primary business, their product, their service, whatever they're really good at that they deliver to their customers. How often have you heard a business owner go to a banker and hear, yes, 
but <laughs> usually it's no. <laughs> and if visionaries want to learn more about you and Mission Bay, how do they do that? Call us. For me, I'm still a little bit old school. Sure. I like to talk to people, and, and obviously with the pandemic, it's been harder to meet face-to-face, -face, Right. but that's one of the uh, most favorite parts of my job. And what's your phone number? Out. My phone number is 859-2500. 661-651-859-2500. And so, or you go to our website, all of our, all of our uh, missionbank.com, and all of our uh, email addresses are listed there, so you can get a hold of myself or any one of our team members. Social media? Social media, um, <laughs> you're not going to like this because I know this is big for you, but um, I have a LinkedIn account. I'm not sure how to get into it. <laughs> Very uh, good. I love TikTok when my daughters like do something and they show me, but I'm not on, uh, I'm not really on any form of social media. <laughs> Very good. Well, and if you like Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify and leave a comment. The reason we're here talking with AJ is because of comments from visioneers like you. And when we come back, we're going to talk about credit and credit for you and credit for your business when we come right back. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby. And over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, Now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. We're here with AJ Anton Giovanni, the president of Mission Bank, and our visionary question comes from Anthony who asks, we are in year three of our business, and every financial institution continues to want my personal credit history tied into my business in order to apply for credit. How do I get my credit built for my business without my personal credit being tied to this? And we get this question a lot. So we, this is perfect. <laughs> uh, and I get this question, and our team member, our bankers get this question a lot too. Um, and what I would say is it's going to be very difficult, almost impossible, Anthony, but that's not a bad thing. Okay. Right. And Why that, so? Because as a, as a, as a small business, medium sized business, hundred percent owner decision making, you are the business. The uh, business is you. It's so hard to separate. Now, if you get to a larger company like a mission bank, we have hundreds of shareholders and things like that, you can separate those, but it also triggers a significant amount of upgraded financial reporting. There's covenant monitoring. Uh, so when you read about a company in the Wall Street Journal and you go, well, their, their uh, CEO or whoever isn't guaranteeing this loan or isn't their personal credit isn't on the line, that's true. But there's a whole nother world that they're involved in that you don't have to be involved in. And you probably don't want and to you be. Don't, and you don't really <laughs> want to be. Sure. Right. And so I would say that, that uh, for us, we don't make a loan to somebody unless they personally guarantee it, mm. um, unless they're a small owner. But any owner greater than 20%, they're going to personally guarantee it. Um, and we're looking at the combination of both. And, and uh, some of the things we've talked about previously is how important it is for us to get to know the owner. Mm. Because a lot of times on just the business financials or the piece of paper I'm looking at, it doesn't tell the whole story. Mm. And that's why sometimes you go to a bank and they just tell you no, whereas mission may investigate it, get to know you and say yes to something, um, not because we're taking undue risk, but it's because we took the time to get to know you as the owner right? Um, and get to know the story that's just not 
100% visible on a sheet of paper, a financial statement, so to speak. So short answer is it's probably not going to happen. Right. But it's also not necessarily, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just the way our financial system works. Like AJ said in the first segment, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> and this is something else that is also fascinating, at least to me on this, is that you're putting the emphasis on the individual, you're putting the emphasis on the, the sole owner and what kind of collateral that they can put up in, yeah. in, out for the loan. There's also the, the cliche, as uh -huh. it were, that you never go to a bank and ask for a loan when you need it. Yeah. Is now that the economy is starting to return to normal or on the upswing, is now the time to go and ask for a bank loan, regardless of how much it is, is now the better time to do that, even if you don't need the money? There's truth to what you're saying, but no, I wouldn't borrow money and pay interest if I didn't need it. Right. Um, I would develop a relationship with a bank that lasts over time, over mm. cycles, over growth periods and contraction periods, right? Which is just going to happen. Right. So I wouldn't just go talk to the banker when I go, oh, I need to and fill in the blank of what I need some money for. So that, that would not be what I recommend. So yes, develop that ongoing relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say it's more dependent on the needs of the business. Is this the right time to expand? And if so, then yes, bank loans are a very useful and, and part of that expansion. Then, then let's talk about that and see what makes sense. Um, I think, like I said, a lot of, there is a, um, a thought out there that I go to the bank only when I don't need the money, but when I do need it, then they're not going to give it to me. Right. Um, I think for me, what, what the truth of that is, there's a little bit of truth to that, which is everybody has to have some equity into the real estate, into their business. Right. And so sometimes the business owner comes when it's kind of the last resort. Uh, it's like, okay, I have no other sources of cash. That's usually not a time we're going to make the loan. Right. right. We'll make a loan with you. And it's no different than buying a house. You put 5% down or 20% down, right? In a business, when it's operating capital and things, it's a little more complicated to measure, but it's the same basic premise is that we need to see the business owner has equity into their business um, and then we'll put some debt in there and some loan money. So that's what I think of when that comes up. And it comes up a lot. We get that a lot sure. from, from our customers. Was this idea that you just talked about, was this something that you learned on the family farm? Yeah, I, I would say I learned it from my dad. Okay. My dad was a, a farmer and, and being around him as a family business and going out there and, and I wasn't really in the banker meetings. I was out digging ditches and hoeing weeds. <laughs> sure. Um, but absolutely, he, he had a relationship with a banker um, that was very strong. And, right. um, and actually, uh, it's Rob Hallam. Rob Hallam works with us now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was really my dad's uh, kind of go-to person. And um, so definitely, he valued that relationship. And that's something that I kind of learned. Was In hindsight, it's obvious. Sure, but sure. in the moment, um, I, I was definitely absorbing something about how he was very focused on a relationship and that loyalty versus just calling five banks and getting the lowest interest rate or right. whatever the alternative method might be. You mentioned in the first segment that uh, you're no longer on the family farm. Uh, yeah. it, you're, you're the first or second child out the gate and uh, you're supposed to take over the family farm, right? Uh, I'm number seven. <laughs> okay, it's number seven. Number out of seven, how many? Number seven of 10. 10 kids? Yeah. Wow. Seven boys, three girls. Um, <laughs> we all grew up together in the same house with the same parents. Right. Um, a lot of fun. I have three kids now. It's 
a mess. It's crazy. <laughs> you My can wife, never do ten. Oh yeah, I can't even do four. <laughs> and and it's only we can only do three because Susie's phenomenal. Uh, my wife. And so, um, yeah, so I graduated college, went out to the farm, said, oh, I'm going to be a farmer. And my older brother said, well, you know, we might find something for you to do if you come out here. But you know what? Maybe you should learn how to do something else. And, and that became banking. And why banking? I had uh, recommended uh, from some family friends, some mentors um, that had been in commercial banking as a way of learning business. Right. When you make a loan to a business, it's like a little mini car Harvard case study. Right. You have to get to know the management, the the supply chain, the SWOT analysis, what, the industry analysis, strength, weakness, opportunities, threats. Okay. So just a framework we use when we do strategic planning. Mm -hmm. um, you have to do financial analysis, uh, historical, and then project out the future if you're doing something new. And so the recommendation was go do that. If you can get go to somewhere like a Wells Fargo, they have a great training program, which I got into, and that at that time was a very great, uh, one of the best programs. Wells Fargo seemed to have trained a lot of really great bankers in they, this town. They have trained a lot of the bankers, and, and you talk about the renegades that started this. Sure. They, they came out of Wells Fargo. Wow, okay. Um, and Wells Fargo back a few years ago, 20, 30 years ago, was kind of a renegade in their own right. Right. Um, started here in San Francisco as a tiny little bank, and now it's you know one of the four largest banks in the world. Um, so anyways, it his recommendation was go to a commercial bank, get training. It's like getting an MBA, but the bank's paying you instead of you paying tuition. Nice. That made sense to me. I was young. I lived in San Francisco, walked to the you know, Giants game and Fisherman's Wharf um, and just had a lot of fun. And he was right. Um, eventually moved to Mission and it just became a career. Um, enjoyed it, kind of kept moving up and doing the next thing. And... 20 years later, I'm still a banker. <laughs> You're the... And I can't grow a tomato or anything else, <laughs> even in my home garden. So it's a good thing. I think my brother was wise maybe in some other way of uh, nudging me into a different direction. You can't grow the tomato, but you can finance We can tomato. finance tomatoes <laughs> and all kinds of other crops. We have a pretty uh, good-sized ag portfolio of farmers, and um, we're good at that. I don't want anybody to ever think that AJ's career in banking has been wine, roses, unicorns, and rainbows. Uh, because every business owner has had something that's kicked them in the teeth. Yeah. And they've had to grow from. And, you know, yes, you didn't grow up out on the farm in the 110 degree weather and, and the 100% you know, humidity, but you did grow up your career in banking. What's something that you have learned the hard way that affects the decisions that you make every day. I would say that one of the things I learned, and, and it's really just by getting thrown into it, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we couple things that come up. Uh, we had uh, some managers leave a few years ago to go to another bank, and all of a sudden overnight I was in a much more senior position. Mm. One that I probably wasn't prepared for, prepared for <laughs> sure. maybe even qualified for, but our CEO at the time, Richard, believed in me, put me in the position, and it really became just figured out. Mm. And through that, you learn the confidence that you can do it. Mm. Um, and that has given me confidence. We did a merger uh, a, a several years later, which was about seven years ago now, and we bought another bank, and we had to integrate these two companies and all the people and the culture and the systems, and no one in our company, including our board, had ever done that. Oh boy. It felt very similar, like here we go again. But I had that confidence of, I can do this. We can do this as a team. Um, I'd say one of the biggest challenges I've had in, in really 
growing through that and learning that confidence was overcoming um, the fear of what I would call perfectionism. Okay. Um, so I have a little bit of this disease called perfectionism. Some people may say a lot. <laughs> um, but I wanted everything to be perfect and, and, and in a business decision means certainty, mm. right? So we make decisions every day, some big, some small. Um, and I was always searching for certainty. And as I grew in my career, it produced this fear, maybe some anxiety, some tension, like, oh, I'm not sure which way to go on this one. Yeah. And, and what I learned is, Sometimes nobody does, right? There's good options. Um, you can't be reckless, right? I'm not talking about being, uh, un, you know, not being thoughtful, not planning, strategizing, but you get to a point, especially as the CEO, that most of the decisions, there's not a really clear right answer, mm. um, but you have to make one, you have to commit to it, you gotta get a team to commit to it, and then be willing to be wrong. And just admit it and course correct if that comes up in the future and you, you, can, you can make corrections. And so um, I think giving over that hump of the perfectionism and some of the fear, the, the anxiety, and, and really um, maybe holding you back and limiting your potential if you, if you can't push through that. When we come back, we're going to talk about another element of banking that we've, get, we've gotten asked over and over and over again. It's the separation of church and state. When we come right back. The reason we're here with AJ Mission Bank is because we have been getting a lot of requests about banking, about finances from visioners just like you. And we hope you're really enjoying this because we really would like you to go ahead and like our social media posts, especially on Instagram. We like it when you go ahead and like our posts. We like it when you comment and share and save our posts. And this week, especially with AJ, he's got some great content that we're going to be distributing right on Instagram so that you can go ahead and share with your fellow visioners. So make sure you go ahead and like our posts, comment on our posts, share our posts and save our posts on Instagram so that we can continue to bring the social media capital for you and your business. So go ahead and like, comment, share, and save our posts on Instagram today. We're here with AJ Anton Giovanni, with the president of Mission Bank, and our visionary question comes from Carrie who asks, I've been told not to use the same bank for my personal account as I do for my business account. Why is that? I don't know, Carrie. I would recommend the opposite. Send <laughs> um, all of your banking to Mission Bank. Send all of your banking to Mission Bank. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what we well, that's what we ask our people, and it makes sense. It's convenient, right? We have a, a really robust online banking platform, mobile. You only have to log in once. You don't have to uh, go to two different banks. Um, we have personal bankers that get to know you. Um, you have their cell phone number. I mean, we've we've had a situation. This is a real situation. Business owner, right? Okay, farmer. So you know, big customer and everything. But they also have their personal family account with us. Uh, his wife happened to be at Home Depot. For some reason, their card reader wasn't working. Oh, no. And she's in the checkout line, has a bunch of stuff that she needs. It's for the farm. It's a business purchase. And she called the personal banker, and we actually took a few, a lot of money, a fairly reasonable amount of money out of the <laughs> account and drove it over there, gave her the cash she paid, and went on her business. Now, that's an extreme story. We're not doing sure. that every day, but that is a true story and, and a reason why 
um, you know, those things are going to happen and it's going to happen on your personal side or your business side. Now, what might be some truth about that? Um, you know, if, if one or the other side isn't going well, <laughs> sure. So if your business isn't doing well and then that may spill over to, to your personal or, or vice versa, you know, I could see why you, you wouldn't want either bank to know about the other account, so to speak. I can't think of a really good reason why you, you wouldn't want to do that. I, I would recommend it. We were talking a little bit off camera mm -hmm. prior to this about the current state of political affairs. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you brought up that I'd really like to reiterate to Vision Your Nation is the idea of business psychology and working with very divisive political subjects mm -hmm. with employees. Mm -hmm. And I see you're getting a little nervous. <laughs> but the point that you made was fantastic. And I don't want anybody to miss this because I think it's something that needs to be heard. And tell us a little bit how you handle that and how your your team handles that here in, here at Mission Bank. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, nervous. I wouldn't say I'm nervous, but I'm reflective okay. because these are important issues. Right. And they're and they're personal issues. They're social issues. And, and they're not really related to banking per se, right? right. And, and we've had a flood of them in the last 12 to 24 months with the pandemic, with uh, the political, with um, you know, equality and diversity and those type of issues. And our people, which is our business, are passionate about them. Right. And they're passionate in each direction. Sure. On any given issue. Right? And how do you navigate that? Uh, <laughs> you know? It, it's it's difficult. What I would say with some of the things we talked about, one is is no matter what the issue is, we were talking about vaccinations, mm. and now just in the last week or so, and you know maybe that's a, that's becoming more of an issue where companies may require employees to be vaccinated. Mm. So as a, as the CEO of the company, you know that's a decision I'm facing potential, we're facing, and we have employees that are gung ho like everybody should be vaccinated. It's not it's 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 easy science. You should just do it, and then we have ones that it's a very personal decision and they don't want to do it. Sure. And I can't, I can't tell them that either one's right or wrong. I can't, they both have great facts to support what their conclusions are. And so how do you, how do you bridge that gap? Right. Um, and for me, it's really about understanding both sides and making that connection. Mm. And so that, that people really understand that, that we as an organization, myself, our board, other, other team members and leadership roles are taking time to understand those mm. and work through and come up with a thoughtful decision, which is guaranteed to upset somebody right. or more than one person, right? right that, sure. That's just the reality of these types of decisions. But if we can get past that and find the common ground that we share with our vision, our values, and things that really um, we think drive us forward and attract our, our team members to, to want to work here, um, then we can get past that move on in a way that everybody feels good about. But it's not easy. No. I think you said... <laughs> uh oh, he's skewering me now. MSNBC or Fox News. So I thought, I thought you were putting me on the spot. I got to pick one. I'm going to go with both. <laughs> Let me ask you this then, because your reflections on this, mm -hmm. as you said, you were reflective on this. 
When do you take the time away from the office to think about these kinds of things? Uh -huh. Because these are things that keep business owners up at night. Yeah, not sleeping at night is a common thing for <laughs> business owners. And I, I'm in a few networks of CEOs and things, and it's it's pretty common. So try not to do that. Right. Uh, try and exercise, run a little bit. Oh, you run? Yeah, uh, try to. Ran the first ever Bakersfield Marathon. Uh -huh. I, I had never run more than a 5K before I started training for that. One right. of our team members, Scott Black, got me into it and um, and I made it. My goal was four hours. I made it in 359.20. Congratulations. So that was cool. I've done a few other halves and I still, you know, run probably 15 to 20 miles a week. Right. Um, been doing more biking and stuff with the pandemic. Couldn't go to the gym. But anyways, um, meditate. Um, so uh, got a pretty good routine, 10 minutes a day, um, if not more than that. Um, so try and do those things. I, I do what I call time blocking. So okay. generally, there's a time every week where I'm not in the office, but I'm working. Um, and I, I, there's no agenda. There's no, I call it the white piece of paper. I get out a blank white piece of paper and just write down what's coming up for me um, versus all the different projects and tasks and different things, email inbox. Um, so I think, like I said, at, at least once a week, I'm doing that for a few hours. Do um, you ever find that if you skip a day or two or three, you feel it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. With with exercise and meditation, or even just if I get off of my daily routine, my weekly routine, I don't take that time. Uh, generally, it's on Wednesday mornings. Right. Um, if I has something comes up, I'm traveling or just you know something a regulatory meeting that I couldn't you know uh, push, then I'll feel that. Thursday by Friday for sure, I'll be I'll be feeling uh, off so to speak, and, and I'll notice it and I'll think back, okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take that dedicated time on Wednesday. Um, and so that happens. What have you learned from running mm -hmm. that you apply to running Mission Bank? I would say that setting a goal mm. is, is vital and we've done a lot of research on this in terms of the psychology behind that. Um, we've had companies come in and do trainings. Everybody in our company goes through a training called Thought Patterns for High Performers, and it really starts with a goal. And like I said, when somebody said, go run a marathon, right? I said, no way, I can't run three miles. <laughs> Literally, I'd never run, and I'm, I'm a decent athlete. I, play, I played college sports, played high school sports, right. but I just wasn't a runner. Um, but when you set that goal, then things happen in your psychology, um, and, and you start to find resources that were always right in front of you. right? Um, to help you reach that goal and we've used that at the bank. So we have a goal right now We want to be 8 billion by 28. We call it 8 and 28. Nice. And people go, well, how are you gonna get there? We don't know yet <laughs> But you have to start with the goal, right? And it was just like I didn't know how I was gonna finish that marathon, right? But Scott challenged me. I wasn't gonna <laughs> lose. I wasn't gonna fail, right? And so that became the goal and then all of a sudden there's a training program I just kind of started doing one thing next and next next thing I knew I was running three hours on a Saturday And it was no big deal um, and so that goal setting technique, and like I said, it's a very specific way of doing it that we train um, our people on is something that definitely got me to run that marathon and something that's a big part of what we do at Mission Bank. What does the future look like for you at Mission Bank? I think the future looks super awesome. 
Okay. Um, banking kind of goes in some cycles, and we have one happening now where there's a lot of consolidation. It's happening right in our backyard right. uh, recently, which leaves us as the only bank headquartered here in Bakersfield. Wow. Um, which Congratulations. Think, yeah. Uh, so we're excited about that. Right. Um, and I think that'll be a big opportunity for us. We're growing in other markets. We're in Ventura. We're in San Luis Obispo. We're in Lancaster. Um, and we're doing something much different than every other bank. Um, in terms of our model and how we're delivering it, the type of staffing, the expertise that we're training into people. And so um, I'm excited uh, to keep growing. I think, uh, you know, the economy is going to go up and down. Um, but generally speaking, it's going to, America's America. And we're, we're going to be great. And this is a, uh, California is going to be great. I know there's a lot of people moving out of California. I just talked to somebody yesterday moved into California from Texas. Nice. Um, so I I think uh, the future is bright for Mission Bank and for Kern County and the rest of our markets. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Call me 859-661-859-2500. Uh, missionbank.com. Can, you can find that same number or our email addresses and uh, reach out to me anytime. Would love to talk to you. AJ, this has been a privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. It's been a lot of fun, and I've watched several of the, uh, the other interviews you've done with, with several people I know, and um, I think the fact that you're doing this in our community is awesome. Well, thank you. So, thank you. It's a real privilege. Great job. Keep it up, and uh, look forward to more of them. Well, thank you. And I'll have my final thoughts for you when we come right back. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby, and over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. The sweetest sound in any language. Growing up, I used to think my father had a strange peculiarity. Every time he spoke to somebody, he wanted to make sure he understood and pronounced their name correctly. And I used to think this was because of his own name growing up. He was born Fernley Hayden Roberts, and Fernley is a fine Welsh family name. But there's one problem with it. How do you spell Fernley? F-E-R-N-E-L-E-Y. Just like how it sounds, right? Right. That's why he went by the nickname Denny his whole life. But it wouldn't be until many years later I came across a book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And would you believe right here in Principle 3 it says, Remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Why is that? Well, when you use a person's name correctly, you are signaling to that person that you value them and you value what they have to say. Now, the reason I bring up this long, windy story is because of our guest this week, AJ Anton Giovanni. It's not very often I have problems with a guest name. And as you'll watch in the credits following this, 
I butchered it badly, but AJ was incredibly gracious. And in fact, he showed me how to properly pronounce his name. So I want to thank AJ for being so gracious. And I hope you learned something from our conversation that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.